0: Ignition sequence start, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running, lift off. we have a liftoff.
1: Well, greetings, Centerpoint Church and guests and friends. I'm so glad that we can gather today to celebrate uh, Easter together. And I wanted to just say thanks for joining in. My name's John, I'm lead pastor here at Centerpoint Church. And I'm glad that we're able to be together uh, this weekend. Three things real fast before I get into a message. Uh, First, we'd love to know that you were here. So use the connection card online and click and let us know that you were here and how we can pray for you. We'd love to go on the spiritual journey together with you. Secondly, wanted to just say thank you for giving. Please do give to further the work of our ministry together. You can do that by opening a separate tab and just go to mycenterpoint.tv and click on give. And then last, I wanted to tell you that uh, we're going to be introducing a brand new song that Centerpoint worship team just wrote, but it's going to be at the end of this message. So don't leave me early. Don't turn off this uh, live stream early, because I want you to hear the song. It's so good, and I don't want you to miss it. So it's Easter, and for hundreds of years, all throughout the world and throughout history, as Christians, uh, we greet each other on Easter, on the resurrection day, with this greeting. And the greeting is simply this, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. And if we were in person, we might shout it out, but here's what I want to ask you to do. If you're with some other people, I want you to do this greeting together, or if you're alone, just say it nice and strong, maybe even a couple of times, maybe even in a loud voice. But would you go ahead and take a minute right now and greet one another with the Easter greeting? Go ahead and do it. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Uh, it's great to be able to uh, have a, a holiday weekend and it's a great holiday and, and we should all be so happy, right? But I'm actually, I'm actually kind of feeling a little bit sad. It's about my belly, it's gotten bigger You know what I'm talking about? I know you know what I'm talking about. Come on, don't tell me that uh, you haven't had this experience. I've got on my scale, it started talking to me. It said, oh, you've been cooped up inside far too long with nothing but cookies, sir. You know, I know that many of us are doing the COVID-19 carb load. We're in this thing together, right? I mean, the problem is there's just too much coping baking going on at my house. It's like, here's more brownies. Here's more blueberry muffins. Here's more cookies. Like twice, three times a day, right? It's, It's real, right? This is a problem for, uh, for a lot of us. And, uh, you know, basically, COVID 19 has a lot of us kind of like dogs, you know, where you're just roaming around all day, just looking for food, you know, really looking forward to the next time we get to go out in the car, like it's a trip to heaven or something, and being told no when we get too close to strangers, right? That's kind of what's happening for so many of us. And uh, it's funny, like, if you would have told me a couple months ago that, that in just a few months we would be living with something called toilet paper anxiety. I would not have believed you, but, but now some of us know the deep sense of inner peace and calm that comes from finally getting some toilet paper. These are crazy times. It's kind of ridiculous, right? But we're surviving. We're surviving. You know, some of us are surviving by watching Netflix. I mean, we don't even know what day of the week it is, but we know what episode we're on, right? Right? For some of us, Netflix stopped putting up that message that says, are you still there? Instead, it just puts up a message that says, "Um, you look like you need to take a shower. (laughs) Yeah, that's the reality we're living in. And the truth is that uh, it is a celebration weekend, but these have been very hard times for so many of us. And it's important to be able to acknowledge that, that these have been uh, difficult times and really uh, disorienting times. I mean, for a lot of us, we're, we're upended, like our normal way of just living our life has been completely turned upside down, and it's disorienting, it's disturbing, you know? And for for some of us, we've uh, lost the familiarity of just being able to go to work and, and, and see the people we're used to seeing. And for others of us, it's become really severe. And, and we've lived with this backdrop of a pandemic of disease and fear and economy crashing. And, and it's created this weight that's just dragging us down. I know I'm not the only one that's felt some of those feelings. And it's so disorienting. I mean, we truly are experiencing something unprecedented, and it's affecting all of us deeply and in lots of different kinds of ways. You know, a few weeks ago, a month ago, when this all first began, it kind of felt like a, like an irritating interruption. But now, a month in, it's feeling much more like this COVID-19 crisis is more of a disruption than an interruption. And an and interruption, you know, you can quickly just go back to things the way they were and quickly pick up where you left off. But a disruption is different. You may not be able to quickly just pick up where you left off and go back to normal just like that. Disruptions are different. But you know what disruptions can do? What disruptions can do is they can open the door to something brand new. And you know what, Easter, Easter is a disruption. It was in its first instance a disruption and it can be today too. In fact, I'm praying that maybe this Easter would be a disruption (laughs) in the best way possible to you and that it would open the door to an eternal destiny of the love of God for your life. That's what I'm praying for. I'm starting a new series right now this weekend called Lifted because I believe a lot of our hearts need to be lifted. And I want to ask you to Stick with me. I mean, for the next five weeks, we're going to be on a journey together experiencing the lifting power of God, but it starts here with the resurrection of Jesus, with Easter. And so I want you to open up the Bible right now, and maybe it's been a while, right? Maybe you haven't been uh, part of church before, but this is what we do at the heart of it, is we open up the Bible. So maybe reach across to that coffee table or... Go over to that bookshelf and grab that Bible. I really mean it. I think you'll get more out of it if you do this with me, with the Scripture. So open up that Bible, and uh, we're going to turn to the book of John, which is eh, right about here, if you haven't been reading this thing recently. But I want you to open up to the Gospel of John in the New Testament. And while you're turning there, here's the backdrop. Jesus had just been crucified. And he had been nailed to the cross. And he'd been nailed to the cross, left to die, blood dripping from his hands and from his feet. Scars all over his body from the beating that he had received. And that was the moment that most of the disciples remembered that. And with all of that in mind, Jesus then died. He was dead. He was dead. And so his disciples were, were mourning. They were in grief. And one disciple in particular, her name's Mary. Mary came to the, uh, the place where Jesus had been buried. And it says that she came bringing these spices to put on his body. It was similar to what we would do uh, as embalming today. She wanted to place those spices on, on his body. And it was part of her grieving process. And so she came... Uh, to the tomb with tears in her eyes. And so I want you to turn right now to John uh, chapter, uh, chapter 20. We'll read this together. John chapter 20, uh, verse 11. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, the angels asked her, because they have, why are you crying? They asked her, because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. This is the first Easter moment, and one of the things I love about the Bible is how unpolished it is. Because here's this woman, Mary, who has known Jesus for years, and she comes crying in this moment, just weeping. And and this moment is marked by her grief, her sadness, her despair, her fear, her sense of uncertainty, her grief. I mean, that's what the first Easter moment is marked by this grief and this mourning and this loss and maybe Mary is like a lot of us in this moment where because of this crisis that we're living through right now, maybe our feelings aren't that far off from the feelings that Mary had because maybe we're also carrying right now the similar feelings of loss and mourning and uncertainty and fear and grief and pain and I want to tell you today that There's room for all of the above. In fact, this first Easter moment tells us that there's room for all of those kinds of feelings. And in fact, you can't really get to the resurrection without them. And so if you're feeling some of those feelings of uncertainty and pain, difficulty and challenge, maybe even fear, you're not alone. You're not alone. And what we find in Scripture is someone a lot like us in in Mary. And so the angels asked, Why are you crying? And I think it's an important question. There is, there's power in this question Why are you crying? It is powerful it is healing to be able to ask and explore this question why are you crying what is the cause of that sense of numbness that you're feeling right now what is it that's giving you that sense of grief and can you name it can you say it out loud what it is that's where healing begins that's where a sense of strength can begin to rise up we don't want to play games and just pretend we want to be able to say what we're wrestling with and this is what we find here and And I do wanna talk about being lifted, but I know that the potential of being lifted starts with lamenting. The lifting begins with the lamenting, the saying so about what hurts and why. And so recognize that this first Easter moment starts with just that. And maybe you don't do it right now while everybody's sitting around you in this Easter service, but would you do it? Would you explore the question? What's causing you that sense of pain? Why are you crying, those angels said. You know, the truth is that things don't always go as planned. I mean, probably for most of us, none of what we're living through right now looks anything like what any of us had planned. And here's the truth. That's that's going on for all of us. I mean, a few weeks ago, I had this idea of something I was going to share in this Easter message. I was so excited about it. But things don't always go as planned. Well, I'm here at the world-famous Tory Pines Glider Port, and normally on a day like this, <laughs> I mean, this place would be full of guys like me out with their paragliding equipment, ready to absolutely get lifted. I mean, you come over to the edge here, the, the wing that's above your head fills with wind, and then you get lifted right here at the edge and then you soar you fly you're lifted high above the ocean and the waves and the bluffs and you enjoy it so much i came here today had my paraglider I was gonna meet a friend here who's gonna take some footage and I was gonna share with you what it's like when you come here and the wind just gets underneath of you and all of a sudden your feet lift the ground and you've been lifted, ha. <laughs> and I was gonna explain what that's like and, and how, how that's such an exhilarating experience but then I was gonna talk about what it's like to get lifted spiritually. And it was going to be amazing because I was going to be, you know, in my harness. I was going to be in the air, (laughs) literally lifted. And then, uh, and then the crisis unfolded, and I got here, and the gates were closed. But you know what? It's still the truth. You can be lifted. You know, it's true. You can be lifted. And I want to take us back now to, uh, to Mary, because Mary needed to be lifted. And this is what happens. It says in verse 14 that she turned to leave, and she saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said. If you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him. I'll go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. And she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for a teacher. I mean, this is Mary, and she needed it to be lifted. But what was happening is that her, her moment right now, living with this weight of discouragement and pain and grief, the pain was keeping her from perceiving Jesus And here's what I love, is that Jesus, even though he sees this woman in this time of grief and uncertainty and fear and pain, he doesn't stand far off. In fact, he comes right up close. And I want to tell you today that Jesus is able to walk right into your circumstance, right into the moment where you're feeling that sense of pain and grief and loss. He's not afraid of it, and he asks that question, the same one the angels asked, Why are you crying? Jesus is willing to make room for the pain you're feeling. I'm so grateful that that's what Jesus is like. (laughs) And what I see Mary do is I see Mary do something that really is the right next step for all of us, any of us who need to be lifted. Did you catch it? It said that what Mary did was that she turned to him and embraced him. She embraced him. And for any of us who want to be lifted, this is what we need to do. We need to embrace Jesus by faith. This is the main idea of my message today. I want to invite you to embrace Jesus by faith. Just embrace Jesus because he's the one who's able to do the lifting that you need. And you know what? When you embrace Jesus by faith, can I just tell you what begins to happen? When you embrace Jesus by faith, the darkness that's been hanging over you gets blown away because Jesus is the light of the world. When you embrace Jesus by faith, that wall that was in front of you gets a way blown through it because Jesus is is the gate if you embrace jesus by faith that sense of loneliness that you've been walking around with and living under that gets dealt with because jesus is the one who speaks to you and he says i call you friend when you embrace jesus by faith that sense of emptiness that you've been struggling with on the inside gets satisfied because jesus said about himself I am the bread of life. When you embrace Jesus by faith, you begin to experience where you have felt weakness and, and unability, inability before. You begin to experience strength because Jesus is the one supplying it. When you embrace Jesus by faith, where there was despair, you begin to experience hope. I'm telling you, you want to be lifted? Embrace Jesus. By faith. This is what we're made for. It's the life that we're made for. Jesus says in Revelation chapter 1 verse 18, Jesus says, "I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave." the one who holds the keys of death and the grave is standing in the midst of us, right where we are, whatever family room, living room, kitchen, car, bed, he's he's standing in the midst of us and he's ready to be embraced by faith by any one of us that would turn to him. And the scripture continues. Go back to Mary with me for a moment. John chapter 20, verse 17. Jesus speaks and says, don't cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I've seen the Lord, and she gave them this message. There's something powerful that happens when you recognize who Jesus really is. And I want you to think about the words that he said. He said, I am ascending. I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. I am ascending. What this means is that it's true. He's alive. He's alive. And because he's alive, there are three things that can happen for any one of us. Because he's alive... Your past can be forgiven, your present can be full, and there's a promise for your future. And I just wanna break that down for you for just a moment. Let me talk about it in detail. First of all, your past can be forgiven. Your past, whatever you've gotten yourself into, whatever shady things that were really a departure from what you even knew was right and good, let alone what God says is right and good, your past marked by the sin and the shame and the guilt It can be dealt with by the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Whether that past was five years ago, five weeks ago, or five minutes ago, there's forgiveness. Your past can be forgiven. And then your present can be full. Your present can be full. Romans 4.25 said that he was given over to death because of our sins, but he was raised to life to make us right with God. Being right with God is about living right here and right now in a right relationship with God in such a way that you get to receive His power, His hope, His goodness. Every single day it's available to you. You get to live that way. We get to live with what Ephesians 3 says as the fullness of God. Because of what Jesus has done, that second point is that your present can be full. You were made to live with that fullness. And Ephesians 5 talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. That full, that's what you're made for. So your past can be forgiven, your present can be full, and there's a promise for your future. There's a promise for your future all the days ahead of you in your here and now life. If you have embraced Jesus by faith, you get to walk through those days with Jesus guiding your life giving you strength, picking you up when you're down, restoring you when you feel broken, being the shepherd that you need. Your here and now life in your future gets to be marked by the good plans that he has for you. But it's not only about here and now, it's also about all eternity. There is a future hope for you. There is a future hope of an eternal salvation. It's an opportunity to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're going to live forever in heaven when you die. See, here's the reality. When each one of us crosses that great eternal divide and moves from time into eternity, as we would say, God will acknowledge our lives and respond to us in either of two ways. Either God may look at our life and say, well, you really lived it up, but you never embraced my son. You lived for your own pleasure and the sin and shame and guilt is now all you have to carry with you for all eternity. And since you wanted to live without me in life, you'll continue to live without me, even in death. And for all eternity, there's nothing but torment. This is awful. This is not God's great desire. His desire is that when you cross that great eternal divide and come into his presence, that that he would look at you and say, well, you lifted up the name of my son Jesus, and you lifted up the name of Jesus over your life, and you lived your life with trust in Jesus And because of that, I want to welcome you home. Welcome home for all eternity. Welcome home to the place I've prepared for you. Welcome into this gift of eternal salvation that is a gift given to you, not because you were perfect or lived everything just right, but because you received the precious gift of my son, Jesus. That's what God wants for every single one of you, to be able to know the eternal hope, to know and embrace that there is a future hope for you. Let me take you back to, to John, the Gospel of John. Chapter 20, verse 19. It said, that Sunday evening, it's still Easter. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Filled with joy when they saw the Lord. You know, there's something about seeing rightly that can deeply affect us and change us. You know, earlier this week, uh, I saw something on the news. and, And something about what I saw, it just moved me so deeply maybe you saw it it was the uss or the usns comfort the navy hospital ship coming into the new york harbor and maybe it was because i grew up in new jersey and lived in long island new york as a child but something about seeing that ship the usns comfort coming into new york just moved me deeply with a thousand hospital beds coming into one of the places in our country most greatly ravished by COVID-19 to see that comfort was coming. Oh man, it moved me deeply. And I'm praying that, kind of like that, that today you would experience comfort coming to you through Jesus. His words to those disciples gathered that Sunday evening of Easter, His words were, peace, my peace I give to you. And it says that then the disciples were filled with great joy when the peace of Jesus comes into the lives of people, joy begins to rise up and the end result is a life filled with and marked by comfort from God. And I think maybe there's some of us who need to experience some of that comfort today and maybe it's already beginning to happen. I, I'm thinking that maybe right now for some of us, what's happening right in this moment is you're kind of surprised. You're wondering where is this all coming from because all of a sudden you feel this stirring inside. Something's rising up inside of you. And what's happening is Jesus is doing what he said he'd do. Here's what I mean. John chapter 12, and verse 32. Jesus said, when I am lifted up from the earth... I will draw everyone to myself. (laughs) Jesus said that he would do that. When he would be lifted up, he would draw everyone to himself. And I think right now, Jesus is actually on the move, right where you are, drawing you to himself just the way he said he would do. He said if he was lifted up, that he'd do it. And you know what we're doing in this moment? We're lifting him up. And I'm believing that because we are, right now, he's drawing you to himself. You know, I I shared with you that our worship ministry wrote a brand new song, an original, Centerpoint original, and we recorded it just a couple weeks ago. And it's about what I just described. I want you to check this out with me. (laughs)
0: There is no name that is higher Than the name of Jesus Christ We raise it up like a banner With the shout of victory Let a song rise within us Jesus, your name be lifted high. Christ has risen, and He's already one, He's already one.
2: In you high, praises are reaching the sky, pointing our fingers at lies. King, you are raising our lives. We like to live in disguise. Death never meant our demise, the cross only meant our revive. Rolling the stone from our rise. breaking the chains, holding our pride, loving our veins, changing the way, moving the pain, cleaning the stain, drying the pain, raising the stakes. Father. We're lifting you up, King, you are more than enough, giving you all of our trust, down on our knees in the dust. shower the grace, show us your face, shine on this place, freedom will break. shower with the grace, show us your face, shine on this place, freedom will break. Jesus, we're lifting you up. Home. we're never alone finally home take all our pride Cre is alive King is alive we're lifting you high he's on the throne heavenly tone we're never alone finally home take a our pride Gra is alive King is alive
0: without you high in blood of Christ We have been set free Now the weight of sin has no hold on me it is finished Christ has risen. It's already anyone.
1: Wow, I'm so grateful for the words of that song, that every curse is broken. That was one of the lines in that incredible song that Center Point Worship has just released. And I'm grateful for what it means. You know, I saw something in the news this week, uh, and it was about the researchers at the University of Pittsburgh, Pitt, and these two doctors in particular, Dr. Fallo and Dr. Gamboto. And what I read was that these two doctors it, have created a vaccine. At least that's what's being reported uh, in, their, in their research. They've created a vaccine for COVID 19. And it kind of took my breath away when I read it. I, I, I had to look on numerous articles just to make sure is this, is this something from the Babylon Bee? Is this something crazy? But these doctors, these scientists, have seemingly really found something, and, and there may be many more months before it can be released and utilized. But just even reading that headline and then reading the details in the article, it took my breath away, and I found myself sitting there reading that news, just crying, like <laughs> just crying. All of a sudden, weeping. Why? Because I mean, the backdrop with what we're all living with right now—it's just so severe. So heavy, and to and to have been praying for months—or not months, weeks—rather for these scientists and doctors to find a cure and find a vaccine, and to and to see that it's happening—it just swept me away with hope. Hope. I mean, I mean the reality is, it's, it still hasn't happened, but even just reading about it, it gave me such a sense of hope because there's a, a disease that's ravaging our societies and that these docs have seemingly found a way to deal with it. But you know what, there is a far worse and far more deadly disease that's been ravaging all of humanity forever. And it's the disease of sin. And the effects of it are the guilt and the shame, and eternal disaster that comes if it's untreated. But I hope that you've heard loud and clear today that there's a cure for that disease and there's no FDA approval required. It's been released. It was released the moment Jesus released his breath and gave up his life for us. And this is available right now. You don't have to wait for it. It's available right here and right now. And, and I want you to hear what it says in Scripture in 1 Peter 1, 3, and 5. It says, it says oh, what a God we have, and how fortunate we are to have him, the father of our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live, live for, including a future in heaven. And that future starts now. That future starts now. And I want to say to you today, if this is all new for you, being a part of a church service, even if it is online, if this is new for you, opening up the Bible and hearing its message, this is the heart of it, that there is a way to embrace a hope that lasts forever, and it's through faith in Jesus. And Jesus himself said in John eleven twenty five, 25, he spoke about himself and he said these words. He said, I am the resurrection and the life, and anyone who believes in me will live, anyone who believes in me will live and everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die anyone you know who that anyone included it included me it included me when I I I was far from God my heart was hard I really didn't care anything about what the Bible said or God said but somehow or another I woke up one day and it was because I, I I got myself into a bunch of trouble I had caused a lot of pain, and I was reaping the result of it with a sense of guilt, and I wondered if there was any way I could be free, and the word of God came to me. This word of God, anyone who believes in me, it included me, I believed in him, changed my life. Probably some of the people around you have had this same experience. It wasn't because they suddenly became perfect. It wasn't because they all of a sudden did everything right. It was simply because they put their trust in Jesus, the King who's alive and willing to give forgiveness and eternal life to anyone who believes in him. But listen, this is something that's personal. I mean, watching a church service, that's good. I'm so glad you joined us, but it's got to go deeper than that. It's got to be something where once and for all you personally say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. Because his word was, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And so while we're gathered together, I want you to just take a moment right now and we're going to pray. And maybe you would do well to close your eyes. That's sometimes helpful when you're praying. You don't have to. You could bow your head or you could just look up at the ceiling or out the window, whatever's comfortable, or continue to look at me. But let's pray for a moment together. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for your mercy and your love. God, I thank you that you looked at us, all of humanity, lost in our brokenness and shame and guilt and stuck in our sin, and out of your mercy, you chose to solve a problem we never could. And you did so by entering into this time and space continuum. Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect sacrifice, The one and only one who could go to the cross and pay the price that was really ours to pay, but you did it for us. God, thank you for your mercy, your compassion for us. That you made a way for every one of us and any one of us to be forgiven, to be saved, to receive the gift of eternal life. And right now, God, I pray for an awakening. For some of us to suddenly right now wake up, the stirring has already been happening the last half hour or so, but God, would you complete it? Would you bring that awakening all the way? And would you cause some of us to finally, once and for all, cross that line and once and for all begin a life with Jesus, believing in the one and only Savior, Jesus. And while we're praying together, if that's you, if you would say, you know what, I I don't know if I've figured it all out, but... I think I need to begin. I need to start. That's what this is really about. Starting a new life with Jesus. And if that's you, if you would say, I need to do that. I wanna ask Jesus Christ to forgive my sins and save my life. I wanna ask you to turn from your sin. Turn away from your old way of life. Repent. And then believe. Believe the good news that you've heard today that Jesus is willing to forgive you and save you And if that's you right now, I want you to just simply say out loud, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Just say it right where you are. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Say it one more time with me. Say it. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Let it kind of rumble up from the deep inside. And say it again one more time. Say it. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. And and if that's something new for you, I want you to let us know. You can click the link that you are committing your life to Jesus, or there's uh, a way that you can just leave a comment. Just say in the comments, I'm giving my life to Jesus. We would love to be able to follow up with you and help you grow in this journey of living with the risen King Jesus. If that was you, if you've just given your life to Jesus, I want you to simply say, as you pray with me, Jesus, I'm turning to you right now. I repent of my sins, I turn from it all. I know that I could never save myself or fix myself. Jesus, I need you to forgive me. And Jesus, I believe that you came into this world and went to that cross to pay the price for my sins so I could be forgiven. And so Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life and be my Lord and my savior. Jesus Christ, I'm yours from this moment on. Thank you for the gift of new life I receive it now. I'm grateful to belong to you, Jesus. Jesus, my savior, my Lord, for all eternity. In your name I pray, amen.